College's Pio Career Cast, where we focus on career topics with the goal of giving career tips and advice to students in less than 30 minutes. My name is Sue Rogoshke, and I am a career coach in the Jeremy C. Thurston Center for Career Readiness at Utica College. The time to start planning for tomorrow is today, career now, not later. Our topic today is micro-internships. I'm sure all of you know how important an internship is, but I I don't think a lot of you know what a micro-internship is. To learn more about this, I invited Kristen Schrader from Parker Dewey to be in the hot seat. Parker Dewey is an online platform where students and recent graduates are able to apply for and complete short-term paid professional micro-internships. With that, I'd like to introduce Kristen, and thank you so much for being here. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what is your role with Parker Dewey? Thank you, Sue, and I am uh, the Director of Partnerships with Parker Dewey, which essentially means that I get to work with amazing college uh, staff and career services centers as well as nonprofit organizations across the country who are interested in bringing micro-internship opportunities to support their students, employer partners, alumni, or or whatever goals or constituents that they might be. Uh, I come from Parker Dewey directly from career services. I've been at a, a bunch of different colleges and universities working with students at all stages of their academic journey from freshmen all the way to recent grads traditional and non-traditional students and through my different experiences and working with students realized that there's a a, a, a bit of a gap in the college to career process. It works really, really well for a lot of students who can land that really awesome internship opportunity and that hopefully then leads to that full-time role. But for many, many, many students, they need more data points. They need more of a chance to explore careers especially earlier on as you're making a decision about what major or what role or what job and, and so on, what, what might be the right fit. And you know, in your years of school, you only have so many opportunities to get professional development experiences. And that can be extra challenging for students who might be juggling a lot of other things in the course of, of their academic journey, such as they might be really, really involved on campus or working or student athletes or just didn't know that you're supposed to start this career process so early in your academic career. And so when I first heard about Parker Dewey, I was working largely with adult learners and students who are, again, juggling a lot of things and really fell in love with the concept, especially the flexibility of it. Uh, And now since being at Parker Dewey, I've seen how not only is it helpful for students, but it's also really, really helpful for uh, organizations who always have short-term projects and need help right away. I actually kicked off a project and I'm working with a micro-intern right now. just kicked off this morning. And so it's it's amazing how this is a unique way for there to be a a win-win, win win for the students to get that paid professional experience and then a win for, for organizations as well. Okay, thank you for that. So one thing you said was about how, you know, our motto here in our office is career now, not later. I always love to go into first year forums and talk to students and say, think back to when you were your first year in high school and how quickly the last four years went. 
And now fast forward to college and I tell them, I promise you, it's going to go equally fast or even faster. So that leads me into like, why a micro internship? Because a traditional internship is either the summer or you're interning during your academic semester. So from your words, how would you explain and define a micro internship? Yeah, it's a good question. And to be clear, micro internships are not intended to replace those traditional, ideally in person opportunities, internship opportunities that many, many, many students uh, pursue during the, the summer or, or again throughout the year. I know I look back very fondly about my own internship experiences, both in undergrad and grad school. Uh, they're wonderful professional development experiences. A micro internship is just designed to augment those experiences and just to be clear how we define the opportunities on our platform is that they are short term typically somewhere between 10 and 40 hours is how again where that usually shakes out they are all paid and they are all professional so this isn't the type of place where you can find you know walk my dog babysit my kids pick up my groceries that kind of stuff that, that's not how we would define professional uh, and this is also not the place to get unpaid experience frankly, because we just don't believe that that's fair. Our mission as an organization here at Parker Dewey is to try to make the process from college to career as fair and equitable as possible. And we just think that asking students to work for free goes against that. And so that's why every opportunity is paid and paid fairly. But also to be clear that these are real projects. These are not some simulation or uh, you know, something that, that's not going to add value to the organization, but, but rather these are real projects that these organizations are paying students real money to complete. And so they're really expecting uh, high quality work. They are competitive. And so that's something just to, you know, to students who, who want to kind of get their feet wet and, and try to explore careers. It's a great, great opportunity. But it's also something that, that you'd want to take seriously because even though they are short term, that definitely does not mean that they are uh, not going to be value added. A lot of these organizations are increasingly using micro internships as a bit of an audition, as a way to say, are you going to be a good fit for that longer term role that we're recruiting for? And longer term meaning internships or even full time roles. And we regularly see students go from micro intern into some additional opportunities such as internships and full-time roles. Okay, so something you said about, you know, the, the dog walking and all that. So I didn't think of this. How do you vet out those types of opportunities that definitely are needed, but not on your platform, nor on Handshake? That's where our students are used to finding jobs and internships. But how do you vet those? And is someone is that someone's full-time job, making sure that these are <laughs> professional internships? Yeah, and, and, and yes, we have members of the team who are constantly looking at the opportunities. Our primary vetting criteria uh, is twofold. So one is it's paid and paid fairly. Uh, typically, that takes out somewhere around $20 an hour, sometimes a bit more, sometimes a bit less. Uh, the reason for the difference is based on the work that needs to be done, sometimes the, the dollar value or the you know, kind of price point salary, if you will, for different projects is, is higher or lower depending on the skill set that's required in order for it to be competitive. Uh, but the other big vetting criteria, uh, and of course uh, also co uh, cost of living, you know, uh, varies significantly across the country, and so that's also where you'll see a difference. 
in, in, the, in the price point. Uh, but then the other big vetting criteria is, is the project professional? And literally, uh, what, last week, I think, uh, I saw a project that was basically paint my house. Uh, they wanted some artistic elements of that, but again, this is not what we would define the professional project. Uh, appropriate for somebody who's pursuing a, uh, a bachelor's degree and, and looking for that uh, entry-level job right after college. And so those are the kinds of things that, that we're seeing uh, is, is not being appropriate. Essentially, the types of projects that you would find on Parker Dewey, it's very similar to what you would do in that internship over the summer or that first job after college. But rather than those experiences, maybe during the summer you might be doing four or five, six different projects, we see a lot of companies that choose to unbundle those experiences into discrete opportunities. And so they might, for example, have a student who might need to develop a piece of marketing collateral, a, a flyer, you know, something like that. Great. And then they might then have another micro-internship where it might be to use that piece of marketing collateral uh, and to develop a, a social media campaign around promoting that event and, you know, and so on. So they'd have to use and kind of build upon one project and into another and they might work with the same student for both projects or they might work with the different students in order to get different perspectives and so those are just again two examples okay so you mentioned too that this is not replacing that traditional internship that you would get over the summer or throughout the semester or even co-ops so why would a micro internship be important so what we see the value is that flexibility. Uh, so for students, again, who are juggling lots of different things, uh, demanding work, work or academic schedule, uh, athletics, those, those sorts of things. Uh, maybe a student who is a real go-getter. I would imagine many of your listeners are, uh, you know, if you're participating or listening in on the, the podcast, I mean, that's uh, surely it says it speaks volumes to you and your commitment to your professional development. And so you'd be a prime candidate, even if you're a freshman or a sophomore, to start to look at how can you build your resume, get those resumeable experiences, and a micro-internship is a, a great way to do that, especially when you're still trying to decide what is the right major. Do I want to work for a company that I've heard of, or do I want to work for a small type of organization that started, or something in between? Am I looking for certain industries and so on? This gives you a chance, a low-stakes opportunity to explore, to decide is this going to be a good fit, uh, so that you'll have a few more data points to then be able to take to those longer-term internship and you know, full-time roles. We had a student, that, an early micro-intern, who wasn't the perfect analogy, but, but called a micro-internship kind of equivalent to dating. So it gives a chance, a student a chance to, to try out a bunch of different things or different projects in this case. Uh, and then when, when we kind of pushed back on that, said, oh, yeah, but what about an internship? He's like, yeah, we only get so many summers to do those internships and the higher stakes opportunity. And he, in his words, he said, it's kind of like getting engaged. And then the full-time role is like getting married because the, the opportunity cost of making a bad decision or the decision at least is not the best fit for you gets a lot higher the longer term those opportunities are. Uh, and so, yeah, again, this, this flexibility is, is big. The other piece, of course, is that it's paid. Um, and then we also see a lot of students who are, you know, in the kind of end of their academic journey, their their junior or senior year, and maybe they came back from that summer internship and maybe it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. And so they're using micro-internships as a way to just start to 
uh, regroup, if you will, or refocus what might be a good fit and still have some relevant experiences to then take to that job interview uh, for that full-time role that they're going to be competing for. So there's a lot of different use cases. We've even had students after they've graduated pursue these different opportunities because they still are, are waiting to land that long-term full-time role that they're, that they're targeting. Okay. No, I can't. I completely agree with everything you just said. I mean, there's just so many different ways that a micro internship can fit. And what the one um, student said to you about the whole summer or that whole, you know, it's a big chunk of time where now you can try a lot of different things in a shorter amount of time. So with that, what types of micro internships are there? And, and does it cater to like certain majors? You know, I just right away go to the tech field, but it, like everyone wants to hire tech. So what else is out there for students that aren't necessarily interested in tech? Yeah, definitely we, we see projects in tech, whether that be something as simple as uh, updating a website, which again, even if you don't have the most technical background, that certainly is something that, that could be in uh, someone's wheelhouse from a variety of different academic programs. Then we do see things that are a lot more technical where I don't even understand what you're talking about <laughs> or what they need. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's just one category. Probably the most common types of, of, of examples of projects are something around sales, marketing, and just general business operations. So, for example, I mentioned before, you know, marketing collateral and designing social media campaigns, uh, going in and analyzing the effectiveness of some sort of, again, social campaign or marketing initiative, looking at uh, data, whether it be cleaning it or writing about it. Uh, we've seen uh, it be more about public interest types of topics uh, around like writing and drafting articles for blogs and, and things like that. We've also seen projects where they're, again, very sophisticated in the type of research. So a book review, a lit review for faculty or, or others. Uh, so it, it can really be run quite quite the gamut. Um, we have a partnership right now with an organization that is focusing on trying to connect students from a variety of different backgrounds and introducing them to STEM fields. And so they have different projects around like wind energy and you know, looking at uh, different types of, of new technologies and so on. So it's really an eclectic mix. And then we also see things you know, certainly in, in all areas of business. Right now with the great resignation, uh, the, the term that's floating around with a lot of people leaving their jobs, we've got a lot of HR related projects, uh, whether it be candidate sourcing. So you know, I need to hire X number of people with this background and so trying to, to find lists of folks like that. Uh, or even looking at uh, different projects that again, haven't been done in a while. Like I need to interview people who completed XYZ program or project, or I need to uh, update that employee manual, or I need somebody's help to research diversity best practices for my organization, or so on. So it's really a, a variety of, of different things that the student that I'm uh, working with uh, right now, she's doing some research on uh, helping with uh, promoting a micro-internship program at a, at a bunch of different schools, and so she's helping me come up with a list of faculty who would be teaching students that might be a, a part of this program. And again, saves me a bunch of time that I can just have enough hours in the day for, um, and then she's receiving some paid professional experience, so it's, a, it's again, a nice win-win. Okay, so how would a student find in a micro internship on your platform and you know talk to me a little bit about you know how easy is is it to search and find and like and not become overwhelmed because I see that happen a lot I always tell students it's great you have so many interests 
you know, be happy about that. Let's, you know, try to, you know, cater it down and find one or two at a time and then, you know, look at the other interests you have. Yeah, that's a really good question. And one thing to keep in mind with the world of a micro-internship is that it moves really, really quickly. And so that's going to be a big difference from what you'll find on, on Handshake uh, is that or any other job board is oftentimes project or uh, opportunities, internships, full-time roles, and so on. Um, on those kinds of, of platforms, they tend to get posted and they stick around for a while. Um, again, not, not good or bad, it's just the hiring process takes longer for longer-term opportunities. Whereas a micro-internship, it tends to be pretty quick. So you, you know, see the project by creating a, an account on Parker Dewey. Real quick and easy, takes about five minutes put a bit basic information about your experience, your education, and so on. Uh, upload your resume. There's not a lot that's required, but I definitely recommend that the more complete your profile can be, the more likely that you are to be selected because it just is a good signal for companies that you're interested in these types of opportunities. Uh, one thing to, to be clear is that we don't sync with any of your school data, and so whatever email address or you know, personal information or what have you, it's all secure, but it's up to you what or not you want to share or put into your profile. One other way that we're very different from Handshake, again, our other job boards, is we're not a resume database, which means that the only way for a company to even know that you're on the platform is for you to apply to their project. And then the only students that a company will see are those who apply to their project. Um, now, the application process is really, really easy. You just complete one or, or sometimes a few more short answer questions. Uh, but your question is always one that's basically why should we pick you, uh, but then the company can ask additional ones if they wish. But those serve not only as the application, but also as the interview. So it's really, really important that you take the time to customize each of your responses very carefully to that particular project. Now that being said, real short, sweet questions. It usually takes a couple minutes to apply to each, uh, each micro-internship. So going back to your question, Sue, around how can a student find the right opportunity, my recommendation would be if a project sounds interesting, apply. doesn't take you much time, five minutes, to, to put together a, a short, brief explanation why you're interested, uh, and then throw your hat in. I think too often students hesitate, and that's a, not a good strategy for a micro-internship because what we see again and again is the most successful students are logging into the platform every day or two and applying for lots of projects, all projects that interest you. And you might go on there today and say, meh, nothing really appeals to me. Okay, that's totally fine. But then you might come back in that couple of days and there might be a whole bunch more that were you know, posted and, and, and it might be right up your alley. And the other piece of advice that I would give is to not focus so much on the name of the company, but rather on, or what, what you think might align with your major or anything like that, but rather, hey, that project sounds interesting. Because when you're building a resume and gathering experiences, those are the things that are going to be something you can talk about, uh, where you can say, yeah, I designed this, this logo for a startup organization in the healthcare industry, or, you know, whatever, and you can have some much richer conversations when you get to that interview stage, when you have more of these experiences to talk about. Plus, we find that the more competitive opportunities tend to be when the company is well-known. The more students are applied or kind of attracted to that, that name brand company, uh, which again, sometimes can, can mean that they are getting lots and lots of applications and it can be a little bit more challenging to stand out. Okay, I love that. So, 
let's say I applied to, let's say I'm going to be really crazy today and apply to five different opportunities. What happens next? Good question. So when you click apply, uh, you, you can always see the, the status of your application. When you're logged into Parker Dewey, there's a section called Applied. That'll list all the different projects for which you've submitted an application and if you're still under consideration. Now, once the projects disappear from that list, then that means that you were not selected. But if you are selected, you'll get an email from Parker Dewey with the name of the point of contact at the organization that you'll be working with, and we'll send you some suggested next steps for how to, to get started. So again, we'll send you an email if you're selected. Usually folks are selected within a few days of applying, if not even faster. Uh, yesterday, again, I posted a, a, a project yesterday, and it was kicked off a few hours later. So now I have two questions based on your answer. Uh, an interesting part that I didn't realize that you're going to send the email and then is it up to the student to initiate that contact or is the employer initiating it as well? It's a good question. We recommend that the student initiates the message first. Love it. Uh, some employers, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll send you some suggested emails or language to send to them. Um, some companies might kick it off sooner than that because they also receive your email um, at that point once they've said, yes, I want to work with student or whomever the student is, um, and they'll receive your information. Uh, but again, we recommend you reach out first, shows that initiative, shows that you're really excited about the opportunity, uh, and again, we'll send you some, some suggestions on, on what to say and, and some general next steps and best practices. No, I love that. And the other thing that stood out to me in what your answer the fact that there's like no deadline to apply like this is live this is you can't necessarily know if you have until friday and i know on handshake and other platforms i'm familiar with as well there's an you know an application deadline which i totally understand but so many students wait to the last minute so this kind of takes that away yeah and you'll see start dates sometimes that plans change, the start date may have slipped by, and a couple things might be going on there. They might be, they as in the company, they might be interviewing some candidates, because yes, sometimes they do reach out to applicants to request more information, to do an interview, or, or what have you. It's, it's more the exception than the norm, but that's something that we see. Uh, but that's also, the, the start date may have slipped by, because you know, they're posting a micro-internship, that means that they're busy. And you know, their plans may have changed. They may not have remembered that they planned to kick off the project on such and such date. 
the long and short of it is if you see a micro internship on Parker Dewey, even if that start date has passed, it is still a viable opportunity. Um, another thing that we see also is that companies might be working with multiple students. Uh, that's something that happens all the time where they select you know, two, three, four, 10, 15, 20 students to work on one project. Now when that happens, uh, oftentimes you won't even know that there's other students working on it because you're still working independently you're still going to be paid the full amount upon completion of the project. Uh, in this case, though, the company just wants multiple students' perspectives on whatever that project is. There's a really interesting opportunity going on right now where uh, this company is launching a, its website, and they're doing a whole bunch of beta testing. And they've worked with probably about 40 different students right now uh, who are doing just testing for these, these different parts of their website. So oh. you're giving one example. I love that too, because then I'm sure they're looking for a very diverse pool of candidates to get all those different perspectives. So that's, exactly. I don't know the company, but kudos to them. That's a great way to get a lot of input and actually pretty efficiently if you think about it. You know, I, I'm a big fan of focus groups, but your focus group is, you know, a controlled environment where, you know, demographic where, you know, this type of platform, you can get people from all over the country. So that, yep. that's cool. So you mentioned paid a couple times. So how do you get paid and when, when do you get the money? Yeah, I know. Great question. So you'll be paid. And in all cases, uh, every micro internship on Parker Dewey, you'll be paid by Parker Dewey. And so in that kickoff email that I was just referring to, where you're, you said, hey, you'll be working with so-and-so and here's the name of the company and so on. The other information that you'll receive in that initial email that you get when you're selected for a project is how to set up payroll and just all that HR kind of stuff that you typically have to fill out when you get a new job. That all goes to Parker Dewey and you'll be set up with Parker Dewey's payroll and then upon completion of the project, you'll be paid whatever the amount was that was posted when you, when you applied for that particular project, that is what you'll receive. So there's no you know, take X percent or X. What you see is what you receive. Again, upon completion of the project, will be added to that month's payroll. And so you'll, again, if you're in the project, it's what, February 23rd and when we're reporting this. So, you know, if your project ended today, you would be receiving payment uh, early next week. So, you know, a few, few days later, um, just again, for, uh, for when we run payroll. So then do you just 1099 the student at the end of the year or you got it? Okay, yes. perfect. Yes. That's yes. so easy, everyone. It's the way to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And then it, where, as far as like what payment methods or whatever, it's up to you. When you're, when you're setting up your account in the payroll system, you can say you want it to be directly sent to whatever your bank account is. Great. It's all secure. So whatever you choose or you can uh, send it as like basically a payment that goes to a debit card. Again, whatever you want to do. And it's something that you don't have to, to wait in that So now I want to shift gears a little bit about, okay, so you did one micro internship or several. So putting your career services hat back on, how would you recommend students put this on a resume? And, you know, I, my question was going to be, can they? But we both know, yes, absolutely. That's part of the point. But how can they put it on a resume and feel good about it and not make it look like they did this, you know, 40-hour project and it means nothing? No, it's a great question. One thing to keep in mind is, again, these are real projects. Um, and so you can feel good about it in that not only were you selected from a competitive process, 
but that you also did real value-added work. And one of the next nice benefits of a micro-internship is that you have had direct contact with the organization. And so that's, from a networking standpoint, yet another value-add in that you have somebody else that perhaps could be a reference for you or that you stay in touch with and so on from a long-term perspective. But going back to your question about how to put it on your resume, it's a little bit different because, as I mentioned in the previous question, you're working for Parker Dewey. And so in all cases, the micro-internship should be listed as the company name, Parker Dewey. The job title, independent contractor, independent consultant, you pick the, the language you want. Uh, and then if you're going to name the company that you did the project for, you need to ask their permission first. Uh, some projects are a bit sensitive. Uh, it's rare, but we work with some IT companies or financial services companies or different organizations where they just have you know, some uh, concerns about publicly sharing that a student worked on XYZ project based on the sensitivity of that project. So again, just ask their permission. Now, if they say no, you can still, can and should, still put it on your resume, but instead of saying that you did the project for, you know, for a company, Microsoft or, or whatever, then you would want to say that you did it for a, a large multinational technology company. And just leave it at that. So you still get the same credit, if you will, from the experience, but just we can say that, that company's name. No, and I think that ties in nicely to what you said earlier about don't necessarily focus on the big names because there's a chance you're not going to be able to put that big name on your resume anyways. It's something that is more important, the actual work and the skills that you gained while you were you know, physically doing that work, um, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And you've got a now experience and a contact at, again, we'll stick with Microsoft, that even if they say, you know, we really rather you not, okay, fine, but you can still stay in touch with that individual, and this is your chance to go on and uh, show them what you can do. And Microsoft's a really great example. We had a student, she was, uh, was working as a barista after she graduated from college and not what she wanted to do long-term, but she did a micro-internship for Microsoft and ended up uh, impressing them so much that they invited her to come on site to present the, the project uh, you know, on site to their, their team. Uh, and they offered her, it created a, a full-time job for her. No, and, and one, yeah, one success story. No, and I think that's such a great, um, great story because that happens all the time. You know, I have no idea what her story was to lead her down the path that she ended up being a barista for a while. But it's really all timing, you know, being in the right place at the right time and pressing the right people at the right time. I guess the whole dating analogy does <laughs> fit in so many ways as well. Um, do you have any other success stories that you'd like to share? Well, one that's going on real time right now uh, is it's a medical device company that goes to career fairs and, and so on. But you know, most students don't know what a medical device company is. I know I've never heard of them, a multi-billion dollar company, but you know, never heard of them. Uh, but last fall, what they did is they needed to hire for their sales rotational development program, so management training program and sales. And so what they did is they posted a micro-internship uh, where the project was to research one of their products and then to do uh, pull together a 10 to 15 minute sales pitch for that product um, and then to present it to the, 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 the organization's team. Uh, and then what they did from there is they picked seven different students from seven different schools nationwide, um, two of which received full-time offers uh, from doing this. And those students actually, you know, both cases accepted the job before they even knew their salary because they were so excited after doing that short-term project 
for you know, to, to work with them. And the biggest thing I love about that example is not only was it great for the company and you know the students ended up with a great full-time job, but it was also like getting paid to do an interview. Right. You think of how much time students you know, spend so much time doing the, the hiring, the job search. It takes forever. And, and I've worked in HR and on the, both sides of this, and it's, it's just heartbreaking in some cases how much time it takes. And in this case, it's completely... It was very egalitarian and, and fair, and I think it's volumes to the organization. And they were so happy that they were actually replicating it right now uh, with, uh, again, seven different students, different schools, and, and for the same type of program. No, and, and that just made me realize, too, like I'm focusing so much on what the student's going to gain from, you know, the employer being able to, you know, have them on board to, you know, work on this project. But it is the interview is a two-way street, so this the student's actually able to learn a lot about that company, and you get the vibe, you know, like this is where I want to be, or mm, something's off. I just not sure I want to, you know, stay here. But it's forty hours at the project. I can finish that and go look at other things. So, okay. So, is there anything you'd like? Oh, wait, before that, I definitely want you to really talk about why Parker Dewey versus other platforms. And are there other platforms? I'm not familiar because Utica College works with Parker Dewey. Yeah, there's companies that do similar kinds of things that they might throw around the term micro-internship, but the model itself uh, in terms of every project being paid, uh, their short-term nature, and really the, the focus being that these are companies who are using Parker Dewey. Yeah, some of them are using it to, to get stuff done, if you will. But there's companies, and you know, again, increasingly we're seeing these organizations, like that example I just shared with the medical device company, where they're using it as a new way to recruit because the methods that they've been using before, the playbooks have, have shifted, especially since the pandemic. Uh, and so that's, uh, again, different objectives. With, uh, you know, the, with, with students and their gig platforms and so on. I think the other big aspect, too, is that, uh, that w- the way that we're different is that we don't want students to be micro-interns for the rest of your life. Um, there's gig platforms where you know, they kind of discourage folks from leaving the platform and by charging companies significant fees and so on to hire, hire the folks, the, micro, the interns or the, the, the workers or whatever. And that's not how we're set up. Um, we want this to be a, a launch pad for you. That you go from micro intern to whatever you want to do long term intern full time you know whatever, uh, and so that is ultimately our goal, which is why from a company standpoint there's no cost if they want to hire you. We want we want that to happen. That's the you know the ultimate goal. So yeah, I think it's just the, the differences in mission uh, is a, a big difference between us and others who who might kind of be in this space in in, in one way shape or form. Um, and so that's something that, you know, we're really honored to work with Utica and, you know, the hundreds of other schools nationwide because it's just show, speaking volumes to the uh, proactive nature and the value that your school puts on experiential education and, and professional development. And, you know, we're honored just to support that partnership in any way, shape, or form, um, whether it be just to, you know, focus on how we help support students um, or if it might be, hey, this is a new way to engage alumni, a new way to have employers recruit your at your school and so on. There's a lot of different use cases. Um, and so we're just excited to do whatever we can to be supportive, to connect you as a student to these different opportunities. And let's, let's just let's shine. Yeah, and, and it makes, you know, if you go, you know, I'm encouraging all the students to go look at the platform and we'll definitely do some promotion again. More so, you know, to really point out the depth of your 
you know, projects. It's something where I think a lot of times people think, oh, it's just startups. They can't afford, you know. But your example of that medical device company, I mean, that is just a new way to recruit. And to me, that's really progressive. It's something where, wow. <laughs> And plus, they can hit seven different schools or seven different people at seven different schools. That's very intentional. So that's actually really cool, too. Exactly. And from a cost standpoint, right now, the, the data shows what, what, around $6,000 to hire somebody at an entry level. You know, in, in their case, it cost it, know, $700 yeah. to bring on these, these two folks. So it was, again, that's an average for that, that whole program or you know, campaign. So once again, nice win-win. Yeah. Okay. So now we need to wrap it up because time's a waste in. So is there anything you'd like to share about micro internships that I haven't asked you about? I think the biggest thing I want to emphasize is just to be persistent uh, with these because, uh, you know, again, they're, they're competitive, uh, but the, the students that apply early and apply often are the ones who are, are successful. But, you know, just to keep in mind that these are real, real opportunities just to make sure that you're, you're taking them seriously in, in, in every step when you're putting together your profile, when you're applying, and, and certainly on the job. Um, and then beyond that, just, just good luck with both this, but you know, everything else that you're juggling. Okay, love it. Well, thank you, Kristen, so much for answering all my questions. I learned a lot as well. I will be taking this back to the other career coaches in my office and sharing all of these tidbits. And everyone else, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss the results of the career fair. And we'll have several students give us details about their individual experiences at the fair. In the meantime, give this quote some thought. No matter how you feel, get up, dress up, show up, and never give up. Make it a great week, everyone. Bye.